Hail, fall from drums and rums, where the backbeats meet the spirits. Episode 18. On this podcast from July, I catch up with Scott Stanton, a fellow Drum Dojo alumni. In this episode, Scott and I talk about how he found out about the Drum Dojo from a Facebook drum group. And like myself, Scott wasn't as familiar with country music or Jim Riley's music background. Scott got a chance to see Jim in action when Rascal Flatts toured close to where he lived. With our exposure to Nashville and country music, and Scott and I being rock guys, we discussed some differences of country music and rock genres. Scott had plans to move to Nashville this year, but you know, 2020 happened, so plans are on hold for the moment. Also, he shares how the drums helped him overcome some personal challenges. Here's a track from Scott and his band Orange Barrel Acid titled Back to the Underground. It seems to me anymore Trip back down Try to keep it clean But still waiting for Something to bring you Back to life Now you know What it's like Just to pass the day Just stop, let the 
dirt stay under your feet I'll show you what's underneath Come spend a little more time with me Okay, so yeah, so um, today I appreciate Scott uh, for joining me on the on the podcast today. So quick, I want to introduce everybody to Scott Stanton. Scott and I attended the Drum Dojo back in December, uh, Jim Riley's Dumb Drum Dojo Camp. Man, say that fast. Uh, where we met in Nashville, uh, hung out. So he's one of the uh, four, was it five of us? I guess one of the five of us who attended the dojo. Um, so yep. so uh, alumni and a uh, good guy that I met and uh, some fellow, uh, I know we've shared some of our tunes and uh, uh, growing up music and uh, brash and heavy metal. So that'll be interesting to talk a little bit about that. Um, also, <laughs> also, we'll go ahead and talk about our... Um, experience in Nashville too, right? And I think also, I think you can share with the folks some interesting uh, stories about the travel down from uh, upstate New York down to Nashville. I, I remember you, yeah, that was a pretty uh, uh, interesting uh, travels for you to go through, especially December. Um, yeah. As well, as well as some of the things you're going through, I, I think is a common theme here since it's 2020. And we've been talking about all sorts of how COVID's been impacting you and you know in your, in your life and as well as uh what's what were the plans because i know some of the other folks uh that we've you know we're at the drum dojo with had a lot of plans for 2020 and then all of a sudden it's like you know the brakes hit and a lot of people having to change up what they do and uh so we can just go kind of go into it so scott welcome to the show um tell us a little bit about yourself scott uh, I'm Scott. I live in uh, western New York. It's more closer to the Great Lakes than the city, which is a plus because I don't care for the city. Uh, I've been drumming for about 38 years or so. Uh, majority of that is self-taught. I did a lesson here and there. Of course, doing a dojo was a great thing. It helped me out with a few things that I may have otherwise struggled with for the rest of my life. But um, Sorry, I got a little distraction guy running around in here. I'm in a garage, so there's there's mice here and they run. Oh. So it's kind of fun. I get to watch them dance when I'm playing for the most part. Uh, yeah, it was it was good experience going to Nashville. It was I left here, New York, um, probably about four o'clock in the morning. Drove straight through to Nashville, and it took me about 15 hours to get there. Of course, you know, you get all the, the wonderful weather of New York and Pennsylvania in December is 
not uh, that desirable, but <clears throat> we made it. It was good. But yeah, so here we are. Cool. So um, Scott, how did you come about uh, learning about the dojo or getting hooked up and in, in wanted to uh, take part in uh, coming on down to Nashville? Uh, I'm in a Facebook group called My Drum Set, which Jim Riley happens to be in, and I've been talking with him on and off for uh, three or four years, I think, was the first time I talked to him about anything. Uh, and it was funny because at the point I had no idea who he was. He just happened to answer a question, you know, so I, you know, pinged him for a lot of questions and he said, why don't you come down to the dojo in December? I was like, sweet. So, uh, it was a nice experience to meet a professional drummer. It's actually ended up being Jim Riley from Rascal Flats. I'm like, well, jeepers. If people didn't know him, they're, they're in a cave. So uh, it was nice to talk to him, pick his brain a little bit, see some of the things I needed to do, uh, where I had to go. The plans were eventually to move down to Nashville, but of course, 2020 hit and here we are. I'm still in New York and, Nashville is just starting to open back up, so uh, right. it's still on. It's still on. It's still on the back burner, but it's still there. So it's not going to be this year, probably. So yeah. But. So Scott, what was your you know your you know, so that I mean that's a pretty interesting uh, attending a uh, you know the group and then meeting Jim and uh, I, you know I always say you know because of unfortunately unfortunately and is may not be as is a big country music fan um nope. you know as 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 some of the things that you know it's not i know if you and i have talked is growing up uh kind of maybe more more of a rock style but um but to to the to that point you know i think yeah i i only kind of knew jim through many other groups and facebook and the internet and the, you know where, wherever else any drum publication uh you know, made it known. It's like, oh, okay, so that that's this. Yeah, you know, that's who this person is. And again, I think something I took away from Nashville was a lot of bands are a. There's a uh, the lead members of a group, and then there's the band, and the band could be with that group for many, many years. Like like Jim, you know, twenty years in Rascal Flatts from the beginning, and but yeah. not the the average person doesn't know who he is. You know, like you know, right. the, the, you know the guys that are up front. You know, kind of. Get the you know the, the I don't want to say recognition in a good bad way, but I think you know what I mean. So, but no, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. did you know when he had offered you to come down? Did you know about the dojo prior to that, or did you then kind of start looking it up? And I uh, I didn't know about it until he brought it up, and then I've, I've you know since gone through some of the drummer websites and some of the uh, Facebook groups I'm in, and and it came up a few times. Uh, groups that Jim's not even in, there was suggested, oh, I should do this, this dojo thing. And I'm like, oh, right, that's, that's cool. Um, so then I started looking into a little bit more. I looking into who Jim Riley was. I was like, cause I, I'm a metal guy, hard rock metal. And, you know, like if you asked me who Mike Portney was, I could tell you, you know, Lars Ulrich, Mike Tempesta, just a bunch of metal drummers, you know, and right. as far as country and pop, I had, I had no idea. But started looking into things. I'm like, well, I I'm surprised I don't know who this guy is. I should because he's he's out there. You know, he's out doing stuff. He's doing stuff for 
other musicians and I'm like, you know, I, I can't believe I'd never heard of this guy until I heard of the guy. Right. And then meeting him, he's, he's a fantastic guy too. So <clears throat> Yeah, that's um so yeah, I was I was very I think I'd seen a couple times the um the dojo listed somewhere uh on one of the Facebook and I think that's kind of how I learned about it. And I was wanting to attend um the dojo not you know be pri prior to december i think it may have been march or even maybe it may have been even a year before uh but mm -hmm. with my my day job it kind of was a little bit uh difficult to take time off during hurricane season um no and i you know yeah uh, and so for, for what i what i do day to day and uh and that's kind of probably why it was an odd question for me to ask him uh when i was going through the sign-up process or, you know, or the registration process or whatever you want to call it, say, hey, you know, yeah. what happens if I have to cancel? What happens if, uh, you know, this? And and I, so I think I think he was kind of like, what, what, why are you asking all these weird questions? You know, don't worry, you know. So, <laughs> you know, I explained to him, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, I, 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 I'm hoping that, you know, in the hurricane season is November 30th. And I think what we, what we were, uh, the week of the third, right, December 3rd. So, you know, talk about really close to, uh, cutting it as far as uh, end of hurricane season, and hopefully we don't have a late storm or something like that. But anyway, so yeah, so right. so that was uh, so how 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 early on when in twenty nineteen was that when you you, know, you made that connection with Jim and then started going through uh, the research and signing up to do that? Actually, it was uh, towards the end of twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen was a pivotal year for me. A lot of a lot of things in my life changed. Um, I had some major medical issues that just about killed me and then a divorce on top of that four months later. And I didn't know what to do with myself. If it wasn't for drums, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. And then, you know, just meeting Jim and then saying, you know, a couple of years ago I was talking to Jim. It was, it was, uh, you know, here's where I'm at. I have a wife and daughter, a home, the whole nine yards. What do I got to do? And at the time, I wasn't willing to really sacrifice anything. I guess you could put it that way. But uh, all that happened, I'm like, all I have basically now is drums. So what can I do to further my my drumming career? What can I do to further myself along in this industry? You know, and I got speaking with Jim and I said, I know the last time that you and I talked, I had all this going on. Well, now I don't have any of that. So while well, I'm free and open, I basically, other than work, I have an open schedule for what life holds. Um, so, you know, he, uh, Rascal Flats played at Darien Lake, which is about an hour north of me. And he invited me over to, to see the concert. And I told him, I said, I'm not much of a country guy. I literally know like two of your songs. You know, he's like, you know, just come on up and it'll be a good time. You'll enjoy yourself, which he was right. I had a great time. It was not my kind of music, but it was really good music. The show was great. Everything was fantastic. And I'm like, I, I think I want to do something like that with, with the rest of my life, so to speak. Right. So with some prodding from my significant other I have now. She's like, you got to do this. If you don't do it, you're going to die and you're going to regret it. And I'm like, well, I don't want that. So, right. So speaking with Jim, you know, we did the, I did the concert. Um, 
had already been signed into the dojo. So it was all good. Just seeing what he does for a job and then, you know, the teaching aspect of it was all, it's all phenomenal. I'm like, this, this guy knows his, his business and it's good. Uh, so I came down and it was, it was tiresome to drive, but, you know, I was so excited to be there. It was all good. I got to meet you and the other guys that were in there, plus Jim, you know, and his drum tech and all that, which was always, was always pretty cool because I have a friend of mine who drum techs for a few groups as well. He lives local, which is kind of interesting. He's like, you got to do this or you got to do that. And I'm like, right. so every time these guys tell me you got to do this, I'm like, I'm going to look into it and I'm going to take their advice and do it. So that's been one of those things. It just kind of fell in my lap and I'm like, I'm going to run with it. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great. And, and went through some rough times and then to just, like you said, through music, through playing the drums and push drinking uh, on the other side and have a great um, outlook on, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to give up or, um, or there's more to this. And that's, that's really great to hear Scott. And that's, um, and it's very interesting because, yeah, there was, I started to look at some, uh, you know, obviously other podcasts, you know, guests and so forth. And one of the things I've been kind of recurring is, uh, is drum therapy. And, um, you know, obviously, like I said, you know, I, I know follow you on Facebook and, you know, you definitely get your, uh, your weekly or daily or whatever, you know, uh, very often going over to the, your uh, practice space there and just kind of work on your stuff. Some of it's a good release. There's a lot of stress relieving, you know, it's alternative exercise oh, yeah. and so forth. But yeah, so now that's, that's, uh, that's, that's really great. So, um, so yeah, so when we met Thursday, was that Thursday night? Right. So I came, you came from cold ass yep. Buffalo. I came up oh, from two hours. You came from Florida and I was so <laughs> jealous. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm actually about two hours South of Buffalo, but Buffalo is probably better for, everybody out there and right drummer land so yeah and you said but, uh, you said the other day you're definitely getting some uh hot hot uh hot weather now right yeah we're yesterday was 92 today hit 93 um tomorrow rest of the week supposed to be 90s we actually had a thunderstorm just before i came up here it's the first one we've had in weeks it's been really dry here um so i just stay inside for the most part i come up to where my kid is it's fairly cool for the most part till I start playing and then it just gets hot. So yeah. it's just a normal thing. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been kind of gross out. So yeah, and the, unlike uh, you, I, I, <laughs> I don't have the ocean right there, which I'm actually kind of jealous of. I'm like, man, I'd go sit on the beach. Well, I, for some <laughs> of us, and again, you know, we, we, we're not going to get too far into crazy, you know, COVID, you know, and numbers and things like that. But no, for yeah. us, for us, we've been well. Where I live, we our beaches are closed, um, and basically all of South Florida beaches are, are been closed, or at least over the weekend because of the holiday. They mm -hmm. closed the beaches; they're open back up during the week now. Uh, but yeah, there's a it's been a hit and miss in the beach just because you know, you know, it's attraction for people to kind of gather and be around, you know, even though it's outside. But yeah, that, no, I I hear you, and I I think I had a challenge of trying to pack the right things coming from i think any anyone who leaves leaves florida to go to somewhere else it's like all right so i gotta pack like um in 80 degree weather i gotta get on a plane 80 weather then i get off a plane when it's colder you know so but it was refreshing um you know getting when i got there and it, it was a little chilly that first you know first night or so and then so forth but, yeah. um, 
Yeah. So did did the uh, I guess uh, I, I you know did how was it what you expected was the drum dojo if you said yes this is everything I thought was gonna how it was gonna be or it was more or less or whatever um, I mean um, from from how I play and what I play it was good for some of the stuff that I never learned as a, you know, right. as a drummer, no lessons or anything like that. Um, some of the stuff I learned is good stuff, just practical things. Um, I was, I was kind of thinking I'd get a little more out of it in terms of breaking into the industry. Um, you know, that remains to be seen. That might be something that could happen overnight. Just things like that happen. You never really know. Um, but I did find out that I have issues with left and right because I'm ambidextrous, you know, just little things here and there. And Jim pointed that out to me. He says, what hand do you use to write with? I'm like, right. You know, and as we went through the whole conversation, he's like, you know, I tell him, look, I was, I was a natural left-hander until I got to grade school. And of course that was the late seventies. And, you know, if you were left-handed, you're, you're not right. There was something wrong with you. So my kindergarten teacher, first grade teacher, switched me over to right-handed so you know playing drums has been interesting for me just because i do use my left hand a lot more than i should probably and in other instances i use my right hand a lot more it really depends on what i'm trying to achieve you know whereas like if you tell me right right left left i'm probably going to do left left right right just because it just hits my brain that way it's a little backwards i don't know <laughs> Maybe well, that's just weird. Is yeah. that well, that's no, that's interesting. So, did you did you ever think about switching your drum kit around? Uh, actually, before I got invited to the dojo, I had taken my kit down and was switching it over to left-handed. Um, I have uh, a double pedal. I switched the carrier, the axles. I switched everything around, swapped it over so it was left-handed, and then I got the invite and 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 all that. And I'm like, well, crap, I'm going to have to practice and get back into some kind of shape because I don't want to go down there and make myself look stupid. So I switched it all back over. And the, my, what I've been working on recently is, is more open-handed, like uh, Carter Buford from Dave Matthews Band plays open-handed. Simon Phillips from Toto played open-handed. So it gives you a little more flexibility. So you're still kind of playing left-handed, but you're still playing right-handed. So it's kind of a mix. Right. Um, it works out pretty good for those guys. You can do different things with it. You can do different accents here and there on a time that you wouldn't be able to do if you're cross-handed. So. Yeah. That, no, that's cool. that's, it's, that's it's, yeah. I think that no, I think that's pretty that's pretty that's pretty interesting because I would think that if you were again you ambidextrous, you know, you'd you'd have maybe an advantage over somebody that maybe. A little bit more just traditional, maybe the you know stronger left hand because I don't know, but I guess that's uh, yeah. So, well, it's so. like it's, it's funny because we have an ongoing joke, me and my my significant other, that you know, I whenever she says you got to turn left, I'm turning right, or I'm it's just in my brain is going in backwards and coming out the wrong way, and I'm like, oh crap! It's, it was easier when I had a wedding ring on because I always knew what my left hand was. So I, when somebody just says left or right, I don't even think about it. I'm like, oh okay, you know. <laughs> it's uh it's a little bit of a scatterbrain thing for me. It's always been that way, but and I like to call it adult ADD. 
So here, I, I, I got one for you then, Scott. Then this is a, this is a good Rascal Flats reference for you then. And there's another reference huh. to it, right? It's you to turn right to go left. So I know you probably know the, the line, maybe the line of the movie, you know, maybe not remember the line of the movie, but at least you know the movie that they hit the big hit in back in the early, the mid, or two, mid 2000s, right? Oh boy, I don't know. Or is that late? That. Is that late to early late two thousands? I don't know. Who's on? Uh, let's see. Know a few folks there. Does anybody know when that movie came out? Do I have prizes to give out? No, I've got I've got just rum here, so that's all I can give out. So I got nobody. <laughs> I got I got, I got some, coffee. Yeah, I got some folks watching, but I guess nobody's trying to help me phone a friend in the uh, the answer. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, no, that was the reference. It was in the Cars movie, and. It was when Lightning McQueen was trying to learn how to drift on the dirt track. And oh, it all right, yeah, I did. So, see that. So, yeah, so all right, so yeah. so I, I made an attempt. I made an attempt at trying to make a reference and a joke, and that kind of went. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to my uh, my dad's uh, my dad's joke uh, Facebook page group that I get all my good material from. So which my kids hate oh, uh, when I have to late. Dad late. jokes are the best. Yes. Yes. So, um, but yeah, no, that's no, that's pretty interesting. So, yeah, I, did you have a sense? Because you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, again, not knowing what I went into it, um, but I had a sense of that first day. You know, again, same thing, not knowing. You know, um, kind of, and I've seen yeah. a couple other videos that the he's posted of previous drum dojo weekends. But I, you know, that first morning, I was a little bit intimidated. You know, again, we're all sitting in that room, right, uh, with the guys. Yeah. Nobody knows anybody except, you know, me and you already kind of knew each other from, you know, meeting at the hotel. Um, but then listening yeah. to everyone else rattle off what their resumes and things and all that, you know, and it's like, oh, you know, I like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I just, I just play in a local band. I haven't ever taken lessons very much. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not an idiot by any means but i'm not that educated i'm just like wow i, I kind of feel dumb right now <laughs> but it was all good yeah. you know i i do know that shane had taught himself through playing a, a video game which i thought that's really that's just wicked smart and i'm like i i thought that that's huge respect right there i was like that's great you know whereas i i my my self teaching was put earphones in and try and learn stuff Right, and I'm like, well, if you taken from a video game to practical drum set use, I'm like, that's genius right there. I'm like, yeah. that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I would have never thought of that, to be honest. No, and I guess you know, and, and it's not, and I, and I say this is not in a knock on age thing, but I think it's a, uh, you know, obviously it was a sign, a, a thing of the time for, I'm sure for him because they didn't have anything like that when we were, you know, that, that age or or something yeah. and then to be able to you know take that and you know i think i may have asked him on a podcast you know maybe something to the effect you know, i don't know i'm probably gonna go back and not even had said this but uh you know you where everyone else starts off in the pots and pans you know and you know here you kind of had that uh opportunity to use the computer. that's how i started yeah <laughs> watching <laughs> i know um, like yeah like it, guys our age or, or gals and folks of our age right watching the Muppet show and the pots and pans. So. Yeah. <laughs> pots so. and pans, animal. Um, I do recall, like, I, I have always naturally been drawn to drums. Um, I do remember being a tiny little kid watching a parade and I was just fixated on the drum corps or, or the drum corps of any marching band that went through and was just like, oh, this is great. This is what I want to do. Right. Um, 
I know the other guys have, you know, started out on other instruments and worked their way into drums and they're like, Oh, we like this, you know, this is good. We'll stick with this and have a little bit more of a musical background in that regards. But I mean, I originally started out on piano. The first time I played anything was a piano and I hated it. I hated it because I couldn't stand a teacher. She was a mean old lady and I'm talking mean. So I kind of was like, I don't want to do this. And so I ended up getting in the drums. My parents bought me my first kit when I was in like fourth or fifth grade and I've been at it ever since. So I'm on my um, probably sixth or seventh kit now. Then I got another one stacked up over in the corner here and they just keep adding on drums. So so it's, it's officially an addiction at this point and I couldn't live my life without it any other way. This is a good thing. So yeah. There are worse things to be addicted to. No, that's true. I know it's, I think, is it for you? Uh, coffee and snare drums, right? <laughs> coffee. I got, I'm looking at, I got three snare drums here plus this. And I ended up picking up another kit a couple of weeks ago. I found a stupid good deal on Facebook Marketplace. It drove two and a half. I was, I was 10 minutes outside of Syracuse just to pick up this drum set. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. So. <laughs> It worked out pretty well. I, I I keep slowly adding on stuff, and right. I know in another another week or two, I plan on getting a uh, a Yamaha EAD ten to do recording and do covers and throw them on Facebook land so all the people can see how bad I am at things. <laughs> no. no, no, I think yeah, that the uh, the electronic kit, and that's something that uh, that Shane had said he kind of migrate had to go back to, or you know, obviously in lockdown can't go out. Yeah practice and so you play on this electronic kit doing a lot of covers and and so forth but yeah so yeah no i think yeah, the, uh, pretty cool the uh, yeah because i think you can obviously you could probably a little bit more versatile you know if you wanted to record stuff i think there's a lot more a lot easier to record uh to send tracks back and forth and rather than with an acoustic kit unless you got a pretty elaborate yeah. rig set up at your oh, the the EAD-10 is a is made specifically for your acoustic kit, which is great. It's a fantastic little thing. So, you know, if, if I was to spend the money on mics and the processors and the computer and all that jazz, I'd be looking at, you know, easily a couple of grand, whereas this is, you know, under 600 bucks. It, re, it mics your whole kit. Right. And it does have... Uh, different sound settings for it too so you can change the sound of your kit i buddy my my friend nick he said check this out and i'm like okay so i did there's a couple of guys on the uh my drum set group on facebook that use it and you know of course watching them and hearing it i'm like yep i definitely have to get that so that'll put me that much closer to getting stuff out into the public which you know it's always been a little difficult for me because i'm a little uh overly conscious about things uh, especially when i play if i'm playing with my band no problem uh if it's just me recording stuff and here's me I, it's a little i don't have that curtain so to speak there's not other guys there so right. it's more focused on just myself so that's always been a thing for me um i don't have any ego about my drumming i'm not I'm not arrogant about it. You know, I, people say you're a good drummer. I'm like, okay, thank you. And I, I'm appreciative of that. But I just, I, and I look at it from my aspect. It's like, I, I just don't see it. But they're like, dude, trust me. Like, okay. 
But that's the other thing, too. Everybody in my hometown was like, hey, you're a drummer. Yes, and they all know that. Everybody, it, it, <laughs> even my page, it's, it's, if it's not music, I'm posting it's some drum thing. You know, it's just, right, right. It's yeah, just it's taken over. It's, it's right. It's, it's, re, it's uh, drum-related, right. Yeah. Now, I think yeah. that's... Uh, yeah, I you know, and it's something. That, I mean, would you look? Would you consider looking at you know once you get that kit, doing some of the uh, air gigs? Um, you know, that gym. You know, I know actually quite a few people actually do. Uh, you know, subscribe or set up to put themselves out there for uh, yeah. recording, recording drums and or tracks for people, making a little bit of money off of it. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, I don't know if that's something that you'd kind of maybe if you if you looked into just you know you know, playing some tracks I, for folks. Kind of scratch the surface of it, so to speak. Just kind of see, all right, what do I have to do? What's involved? Um, of course, anything I do, you know, as far as work-wise, and, and of course, it'll end up being drum-wise, too. If I put my name on it, I certainly don't want it to be terrible. You know, I've always taken pride in what I do at work sometimes you know because i'm stuck on third shift so there's not much to show off there it's just like i'm here i'm working <laughs> it's really quiet you know so you know but the what i do now for a living versus what i used to do i used to cook for a living i was a chef for 28 years it was rough but i looked at everything that went out of that kitchen that's got my name on it so it's got to be good right you know i've kind of carried that into it's like if i do drum tracks for people i'm like well that carries my name with it. So I have to make it as best possible. Right. Um, if it doesn't work out that way, I'm probably not going to send it off. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's, that's, I think that's interesting. That's where your pride in your work and your, what you produce. And then I think ultimately back to as a musician, your, your brand, right? You are. Yeah. No, I, I know we kind of look at things, and I, I don't know, Scott. Is that something that, since you and I are kind of more again, again, not not country or again, because we've never we've not been ones have been exposed maybe too much to or maybe where we grew up in that part of our the country where we grew up. But uh, yeah, is I took away from Nashville was it's definitely a musician's town and not so much a band. You know, whereas rock or uh, yeah. rock acts are more band related than you know, maybe country. And again, it's not a knock or anything, but it's just a, uh, uh, you know, observation, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I know there's a couple of people that's, that have left this area and have gone to Nashville and are in bands down there. You know, they just, it just what, what goes on around here is just not enough for them, which I get, I really do, because there's, you know, not very many venues around here that'll have a band. Um, and even more so now with everything being the way it is, you know, you have to wear a face mask, you have to do this, you have to do that. They're only allowing so many people in. Right. Um, I do know that, that a lot of the, a lot of the local bars won't host bands anymore. And I'm not sure why I know back in the seventies and eighties, there's bands playing all over the place all the time, you know, all around here. And now it's just, there's like one certain bar, you know, is going to have a band. And then the next night, this other certain bar is going to have a band, and that's it. Right. You, know, you have a lot of smaller bars. A lot of I like to call them fancy bars because we have a Corning Incorporated headquarters here. 
world headquarters. So we, we get the, the uppity crowd that doesn't want to go hear a rock band or doesn't want to hear a country band or, you know, they want a nice quiet bar. So that's what ha it has turned into. You know, they say we're an artistic community, which is true, but they keep it smooshed down. You know, it's like when I went to Nashville, when I went down into town, which it blew my mind. I'm like, every bar on both sides of the street, on every floor, had a band playing. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. You know, there's, there's more bands playing in the first 10 minutes I was there in one day than <laughs> plays anywhere around here in a month. I was like, Music hey, City, Music City, great. right? That's it. Yeah. Yep. So, and then I do recall talking to Jim. I said, look, I, I don't, I'm not going to be a country drummer. I just don't have it in me to, and I'm not saying it's boring and I'm not saying you can't make it fun, but it's just, it just never really has done anything for me. And I said, he said, well, there's a lot of rock opportunities here too. And I'm like, well, that's great because that's more, I'm more comfortable playing that. Um, I, I think my biggest thing with country is it, it sounds the same. You know, it's not. Everybody plays a little different here, plays a little notation there. That's not, it, but it's just, to me, I'm like, eh, it's not simple. It's not, some of it's not easy. But overall, I mean, like you're asking somebody who's like listening to Yes and Dream Theater and Rush and then, you know, the other spectrum, Pantera, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax, you know, it's just, that's what I grew up. That's what I've been playing. And I'm like, I just can't do the country thing. No offense to anybody, but yeah, you know, it just has never been for me. It's never been the thing that did it for me. Is it more of a, do you think, a tempo thing because of maybe some things are not as uh, up-paced, up-tempo, heavier or faster? Or, you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of crossover now. So there's, and I think yeah, some, yeah. Maybe, I guess if I call it old school country or purist or whatever you want to say it, is, is it more because of, you know, you know, there's a typical style of music. Now, I, I know you, you know, I, I think you had, weren't able to stay in town longer, but I had stayed a couple extra days after the dojo and I went into Nashville uh, or the country music hall of fame. And again, you know, I, I think, yeah. you know, closet history, you know, uh, you know, not, I wouldn't say buff, but you know, just kind of, it just kind of take it all in and learn how the roots of some of the stuff are. And you know, who, who, would, who would I left? And I said, who would have thought that, I went to a country music hall of fame before a rock and roll hall of fame, you know, it, you know, for, for my, for me, right. You know, being more of a, you know, yeah. thinking myself more of a rock guy, but yeah, I, I think, yeah. So I, so I, sorry. So I asked the question there. So, I mean, do you think that's kind of have maybe a little bit something to do with it's just that eh, maybe not as fast or maybe not as, you know. I, I think with, with what I've always listened to with, with a lot of the, a lot of the, different styles of, of rock that there are. I say, I really wanted to encompass all of that into my playing. And then I, then somebody says, well, can you play country? And I'm like, yeah, well, of course I can play country. Really. I can't, I don't want to say it's overly simple, but it's very, it's very strict. You have uh, a narrow window, you know, this is how it's got to be played. You know, it's all cut into segments. This is how it is. You know, I think with rock, it's a little more open. It's a little more um, expressive. 
and I might be wrong. I, I don't, I, again, I'm not a I'm not a country drummer, and I don't know how those guys process things. You know, as far as what I'm, you know, what they're playing versus what I'm playing. You know, I I like the technical stuff. I like really technical music. I, I can't play it the way I'd like to, but that all comes with practice and and being disciplined, which. You know, I think uh, discipline's a big, huge part of drumming. Say if you're not disciplined, you're just kind of, kind of be stuck in one spot. You know, that was the one thing I did take away from the dojo was there's a lot of discipline going on there. You know, Jim himself is disciplined with what he's going to play, where he's going to be in the song, how the song develops. Whereas I'm like looking at, all right, well, they put this little splash accent right here in the middle of all of this junk and you got to hit that just right you know so i'm like looking at that I'm like counting it all down and, I, and i'm terrible at counting things i'll admit I, I like to be more of a natural a natural feel to it like the stuff with with my group we have written everything pretty organically you know there's no there's no set you have to do this here you have to you know yeah always have had this the, the main the main line and then the chorus and then the breakdown and then you know overall every every source of music has that in it you know right. you follow this pattern to make a good song so i think you know as far as all that's concerned it was pretty organic and i think you know going into well let's say a cover band you have to learn this stuff and it has for me to be in a cover band this stuff has to be to the letter Right. It's not necessarily always true. I've heard some good cover bands that don't play exact. Uh, you know, just for me, I think that's a little bit of a perfectionist problem on my end. But right, you know, I'm sure that's why you don't. You, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's why you don't see a whole lot of uh, Rush tribute bands because if you mm -hmm. if you're not like like you said, if you're a tribute band, you got to be playing it to the T. And that is one of those groups, right? You're, you're, they're very technical. They're very thing, especially anybody to emulate Neil Peart is, uh, you know, that's yeah. a, that's a, some big shoes. Until, so, you know, I, I know there's a, probably, I know there's a few out there, but there's not as, uh, as many as I think, uh, kiss, kiss tribute bands, you know, there's tons of those. And, uh, yeah. but you know, I, no offense, but I, yeah, no, like yeah. Kiss. yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no offense to the tribute bands either. I'm just, you know, just kind of just making, you know, just making a point, you know, is this comparison. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think if, if, you know, with, with Rush, if you go and like, say, I'm going to go see a Rush tribute band, you know, the music, you may not be able to play it, but you know where things go. Right. in the song and if the guy is not hitting it you're like oh these guys are terrible you know yeah. they're, they're not hitting this just right sure. and that's just because that's you're you're holding them to you know like acdc tribute bands down here easy phil rudd phenomenal player but all pretty basic and then you get up here with rush and you're like this guy didn't hit the symbol right then this guy didn't hit the tom just then you know he should have so you're going to pick it apart a lot more so yeah, I mean, as as you know, because I'm you know, I'm sure you're probably very similar to like you know, like most drummers or most musicians, is you're seeing a tribute band or like again, I think tribute bands. There's always always that big debate between tribute cover and so forth. But anyway, any band that's playing somebody else's material, we'll just call it that, is if they're if they're just off on that. And again, you know, we're 
critical of each other and, and it's always uh, yeah. <laughs> you notice know, certain things and again a person could have an off night or because something happened whatever the case may be you know and can yeah. you know a certain part that it's coming you know hey who, who the heck knows maybe you're actually yeah. early or you're actually late but this guy who's playing yeah. it is actually right you know so there's a there's a whole yeah. i i, I I always liked it when we gigged, when we were out gigging, you know, if we messed up on a song, the only people that knew you messed up was you and, well, the rest of the band. But as far as the people out watching, unless they watched you every gig you ever did and memorized your music, they're not going to know you messed up. Right. You know, it might just be a simple little thing. And we're all looking at each other like, you messed up, and we keep playing the song. But, you know, for the most part, outside of, being a major band or anything like that, nobody's going to really know. Right. So it's again, you know, I, there's as long as it's entertaining and it's, you know, you know, again, there's, I think, you know, I don't know, to, to your point, there's technical, but yeah, back to the, that technical aspect. Um, so the, yeah, I think, you know, some of the guys that were there, especially Jim, you know, some of their backgrounds, you know, and I, you know, I thought I had that realization as well as you know i wasn't i wasn't a core player and i almost kind of you know walked away that whole weekend in, in or nashville in general i was like man i wish i was in a drum corps you know again you may have been a band geek etc growing up but then again you look at what yeah. you can do now and they've got the chops they've got those because you've learned so many of those rudiments and then have that flexibility to uh to do certain things but um but yeah it was definitely an interesting uh you know we can you know again uh, you remember uh you, you know you got put on the spot to do a little karaoke right you know a little follow go rate me <laughs> yeah like uh well it was funny because i i know he nailed you in one spot with yeah that's a whole molar thing going on i'm like I, I i feel bad because he's on the spot i mean it just you 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 kind of feel yourself shrinking away, and he's right. like, "All right, do this, do right me." And I'm like, "I, I don't sing. <laughs> it's better that I don't sing. You don't want to hear me sing, right?" So right. you know, I I was like, "All right, you know those those kinds of things." What's a musical bar? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I know now, you know, and and I'm glad I know. But there are just some things I missed. You know, being a drummer, I should I have gotten more lessons? Yeah, you know, have they been a detriment that I haven't had them? Not necessarily, because, you know, I know enough people that say you should work on this, you should work on that. And I know some phenomenal drummers around here, and they are schooled. They are well-schooled. You know, there's, there's some Berkeley in there. There's some, you know, there's there's other, uh, one guy's from Denmark, or, uh, yeah, Denmark. And he went to a really good school there. Of course, I looked it up. I'm like, I got to check this school out, you know. And he's also an instructor at one of our local, um, it, it, I don't want to call it an art school, but it's an art school. They teach everything from like painting all the way up to instruments. Um, he teaches there. And I'm like, you, you have to know what you're doing to be a teacher. Right. You know, you can't just like, I, I could teach kids the basics, just your simple four, four beats and things like that. But beyond that, other than saying, go buy this book by, you know, Jim Riley, go buy Stick Control, which is like the oldest book on the planet. Right. Work on all that. You know, that's about all I'm going to get them. Now, polyrhythms, I'm not going to be able to teach them. Can I play them? Probably, and yeah, I have. But, you know, I'm not going to be able to sit and explain this is how it is. Right. 
you know, some more education on that for myself. Oh yeah, it'd be beneficial, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with where I'm at as a player. Um, there are things that I want to work on purely and solely for myself, not to play in another band, not to play with other musicians, but just so in my mind, I'm like, okay, I can do this. And if I can throw one of these little, little licks in there, here and there, and people are like, whoa, you know, that's also cool, but I'm not, I'm not out to be that drummer either. Right. You know, I just want to be a, just solid. That's pretty much the aspect of my drumming. Just want to be solid, have some groove. Yeah. <laughs> Smash so, things. <laughs> so, yeah. So now I, I think, you know, everyone, again, for anyone who's you know, listening to the podcast, who has who either don't, doesn't know about the drum dojo or, or does know about it and just have you know definitely uh you know if this is something it's definitely worth it it's a, a great experience you, whatever you know whatever levels you you uh you may have you know again i would consider myself very much you know compared to some of the other guys that were there you know novice uh you know or am definitely an amateur and i'm a you know i say i'm not trying to do this in, as a career um, would be great yeah. and all, but you know, it's, I know, I, I know where I'm at, but again, yeah, I've, but anyway, so definitely check it out. Uh, go to Jim, Jim's page. Uh, and you know, he's hitting oh, any of any, any of us up for any questions or hit Jim up directly. You know, he's very active on social media. Uh, I don't know now yeah. with a lot of the, you know, COVID coming back around, uh, possibly yeah. more, you know, blocking, you know, more, you know, quarantine at home stuff that folks will be, uh-huh. Uh, how how it's impacting his dojo. So I'm looking to uh, connect with uh, Jim on actually podcast. We just had one. Uh, yeah, it's about, a month, ago, about, yeah about, about a month ago. Yeah. Yep. And it was funny because I looked at the group and I'm like, well, they're all older guys. And I'm like, I, I was, was kind of looking at like our group, with the exception of Shane. I think he definitely was the youngest. I don't know Ryan's age but I would assume he's probably in his thirties, you know, where are the rest of us were in our forties, you know, and I just kind of, I looked at it as like, we kind of grouped together about the same age group. And then the next one, I know these are all older guys. They're all kind of about the same age. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting, you know, take a, take an older guy like that just to go. And I need this lesson, you know, and it was for me, I, I'm so incredibly thankful I did it and got the chance to do it. I mean, I definitely would suggest it to, you know, if you get a chance to do it, go do it. You know, it might not be your thing. It might not be your kind of music, but you will learn, you know, I, he will definitely, right. You know, he's going to push you too, right. He's going to really, as a, as a teacher, you know, that's a great, you know, I think that's a, it can be, again, it's like going up to the chalkboard and figuring out that, that math problem. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a great thing about, you know, teachers. They want to push you. Make you do the work. Right. You know, I, it was funny because I had thought about this last night after, of course, I'm at work and there's nobody around. So I got plenty of time. I'm running the machine. So it's not like I have, you know, I'm just busy all the time. You know, I push a button and, you know, roll it over this way and we're good. You know, it's a pouring job. But, you know, so I got thinking about things. I'm like, I'm, I'm glad I went. I'm glad Jim pushed me, you know, and I, we did talk afterwards. I said, you know, it's like with the whole rock band thing. I'm like, not a country drummer. I, I just, I, I tried. I've, I've tried to be that guy, you know, to have that more of a diverse drumming background. But I just, I, to me, it just doesn't, it doesn't, 
set in my soul. You know, it's like, uh, it's good stuff. I don't mind listening to it once in a while, but this is the stuff that really gets me. This stuff over here. You know, country, uh, I like it. And that's as far as I'll go with it. You know, I don't have any country albums, anything like that. But, yeah, definitely, was definitely a good trip. You know, of course, getting out of frigid New York State in the middle of December, of course I'm going to take it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Just like yeah. with Eric, Eric's living in Minnesota, and I know it's a lot colder there. Oh, yeah, I think he was um, walking around in shorts and flip-flops, actually. No, just... Yeah, it was like springtime for us. <laughs> Spring! It's 55. I go to the grocery store in a t-shirt and jeans, and people are looking at me like nuts. I'm like, no, this is like spring. I care birds outside. You know, it's December in New York, it's cold, it's windy. Uh, if it's not cold and windy, it's snowing. It's just, it's it sucks. You know, your days are like four hours long here. <laughs> it's, yeah, because everything seems so dark. Um yeah. Yeah. No. The um, the last day I was there, it just started to flurry a little bit, and I just started laughing. I'm like, of course, I'm getting ready to go back to Florida, and it's getting a little bit of flurries, and it's okay. But yeah, I I, I tell people that I had a you know I had a great time, great experience, um, and that I I had to come back home because I ran out of money, you know. But uh, yep. it was uh, no, I. Yeah, I Yeah, that's that's about where I was. I, uh, you know, of course, taking away things from the divorce, I'm like, well, I had a lot of stuff, you know, and I, just a lot of household stuff. And I'm like, I don't need this stuff. I don't need the the memory of things, you know, that was for me. So I'm like, I basically sold everything to come down and do that. Um, and it was good. It was good in a lot of ways. Psychologically, it was good. It was a, it was a clearing kind of thing. And I was like, all right, well, all this stuff I can sell, it's going to go towards something that will benefit me that I've always wanted to do something like that anyway. So this is all good. Now I don't have all this stuff to move around. So right. it worked out pretty good. You know, just don't need this stuff. I don't need the memory. So, you know, and now I got to take away memories of learning from a professional hanging out with a bunch of great guys, you know, feeding off of them, you know, vice versa. I don't know if, you know, it, it was funny because I, I do recall asking Jim beforehand, look, can I, can I bring my pedals? You know, cause I play, I play double pedal a lot. I don't I'm not, it's not that constant death metal blast beat crap. You know, I, I really use it a lot more for accent stuff anymore. Um, but He's like, no, everything's provided. I'm like, so I don't need to bring my drum set. He's like, nope, everything's provided. I'm like, okay. You know, so it was weird for me. I'm like, because anytime I got to go to a gig and I got to take my own kit and, you know, the house kit generally is not all that great around here and it right. doesn't end up being that way anyway for the most part. But so it, it worked out good. Definitely a good learning experience. Definitely a good time. I'm very glad I did it. I'm glad I got to meet you guys, all of you. You're all pretty great guys, so. Yeah, no, likewise, and, and you're, you're right. It, I had some folks ask me about, oh, you're going to a drum workshop. How, you you got to bring your own drums, or you know, and and I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, again, because you know, most people obviously haven't seen it, know anything about it, you know, and to, to you know, right. again, if you go to a, uh, you know, I got a couple buddies who have gone off to Mississippi and to like a, a blues camp, and they brought their guitars with them, and and uh like no it's a, it's a little different maybe your sticks about that's about it you know um but then again yep. yeah he's like, got bring your plenty, sticks. 
he's got plenty enough drums for for a lot of people and you know and i, and I do agree yeah it was a good, a good size uh, oh, you yeah. know, just five of us um a smaller group um and yeah definitely you know and i and i i left there again you know to, to the point you know he's you know he's a you know a pro drummer and endorsements and things and, and a you know big time man and so forth and you know it's like yeah he's got he's got a few few drum kits uh i'm sure we probably just a couple just <laughs> so yeah so uh, so scott so all right well, so, I, I, go ahead go ahead sorry i i noticed he had uh said i think i might have that in my storage room and i just caught he opened the door and i just caught a glimpse of what's in there i'm like this room is chock full of shelves and drums i'm like who does that <laughs> i'm like is that a requirement you got to have a lot of drums and i you know it was funny with with my ex it was you have a drum set that's all you need and i'm like but what if i want more I'm like what if i want a three-piece jazz kit well we don't have room for it. we did but you know it was just one of those it was one of those things no you can't so i don't have the restrictions on me anymore to 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 not buy a drum i'm like you know and my my significant other now is like if if it makes you happy you know you should you know it's it's cheap i'm like i'm buying smoking deals i'm i'm like i mean you know i know what things are worth so i'm like this guy's selling this 400 dollars snare for 50 bucks yeah i'm all over it right you know i'll buy it for 50 bucks you yeah. know it needs some work so what you know i've restored drum kits before i've restored some other odds and ends things so i know how to clean stuff i know how to make it look right um so that's always been a plus. So I like can buy something that doesn't look so great, turn it into something that looks pretty good and or close to brand new. I'm gonna get I'm gonna go that route because it's a lot cheaper. All right. Sometimes. So this is gonna be then all right, you heard it heard it here first. This will be uh our first uh T V show series, maybe YouTube or, or wherever you can find it. Scott's gonna be like uh like, you know, the uh, American Pickers show where he goes around <laughs> and finds deals and it flips it. Or what's the other one? Uh, not Pawn Shop, but uh, like Gas Monkey, you know, where he buys cars. And oh, he, yeah. You know, he knows how much it's worth and how much he can get for it. He puts a little bit into it and make flip, you know, flipping cars. So, uh, yeah. or uh, things like that. So, that, that yeah, stay, I, I, stay tuned for that show. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny because i was i had was doing cub cadets for a long time the old cub cadets before they got bought out by mtd and all that started making junk but i had a couple of them i had a i had a 1970 uh it was a it was a big one you know I, the guy at work just gave it to me and i'm like oh that's cool i'll take it because he knew so i put points in it points in a condenser and a battery it cost me 80 bucks about 80 bucks turn around and sold it the next week for 600 bucks i'm like cool i just made a ton of money off of this and i didn't even intend to i was going to keep it but i'm like well let's see what i can get for it so i, I do stuff like that like i i've been buying pearl sensitones because well one i made a mistake on didn't read the description very well and it's a 12 inch instead of a 14 i'm like well that's not going to work so i'm, I'm going to keep that it's going to be an auxiliary snare at some point by you know just finding stuff and I'm too cheap to buy a brand new stand for it, so I'm asking around. Hey, you got an extra snare stand? You know, doesn't have to be great; it just has to work. So for myself, you know, personally, so I got a couple of them. I'm trying to work on a Ludwig snare. A buddy of mine has. He's like, I think it's a supersonic, a supersonic, or superphonic. I'm like, if it is, I want it. He's like, well, I don't know. I want to see what I got first. Oh, just let me have it. <laughs> so, but no, that hasn't happened so far. But 
you know, he, he's, he's dinged me a couple of times the past couple of days because he's looking at actually one of the guys I bought two of my snares off of has a, has a Mapex Pro M up. And I said, that's a good kid. I said, the guy's, the guy's all right. You know, he's a good dude. He's, he's pretty honest about what he's got. You know, he's not trying to make a killing. So if you feel like you want it, I would buy it. I'd buy off that guy again. So I don't need another, I don't need another Mapex. So, right. although, unless it's brand new. So what's your, so while we're talking uh, kits and, and, and stuff, um, you want to do a little tour of what you got or you got something you want to kind of do a little show and tell and while you do that, I'm going to make a yeah. little cocktail here. All right, make cocktail. I'm going to take a sip of coffee because this is the nectar of life. All right. I don't have high-end stuff, and that's, that's quite all right. But I ended up, I bought this here. That's Mapex kit, which is, everybody sees it on Facebook all over the place. I keep throwing in pictures of it, and they're like, you know, I feel bad because I'm always putting the same picture up. But I got, I got some, uh, some Decabons, or D-drums, so they're, they're Decabons. Other companies call them, uh, I think Tomaha, 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 Tama calls them Octobons or Yamaha, either one. Pearl makes Rocket Toms, basically the same thing. You know, it's, it's just your basic, it's a, actually a six-piece altogether because they ran a promotion out the year I bought it. I don't know if I can turn my screen around. Can I turn my screen around? Probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, there we go. That's, ha-ha. You know, I, I switched from fills and symbols because I got tired of breaking them, so I went with all Pisces. Um, they've lasted me quite a while. I've got the Alpha Power Slave because it's got Eddie from Iron Maiden on there. Um, they're all pretty good. They've lasted me for years. Uh, I got, this is my favorite symbol of all times, my pasty blue bow ride. And of course you got to have a Wuhan China cause they just sound the best, but you know, yes, it's Corona free. I, I boiled it in hand sanitizer. So, but this is it. This is the whole kit all together right here. Very nice. Uh, got the rack. I, I bought the rack just because it was so much easier to gig with. You know, I could put a majority of my kit together and carry it all up. I basically set my carpet, my bass drum, put the pedals on, and then, you know, carried it, just put the whole drum set right in on over top of the bass drum. So, you know, you got like 15 minutes in between bands some places, and it was like too crazy to not. So, you know, messing with 20,000 stands. Of course, this, this drum set has grown a little bit. You know, I've, I've added on. I haven't ever taken anything away from it other than maybe, like, I have a, a wood block I haven't put back on it since I brought it up here. But, uh, you know, for the most part, it's, it's been a good kit. I've had it a couple of years now. Bought it brand new. Love it. I named it Roxy because, well, everybody needs to name their kits. <laughs> so... Oh yeah, so my daughter's here too. So, but yeah, this is. I stuck with Mapex. I, I like it. I really, honestly, bought the kit because I liked the color of it. Um, I was looking for a purple kit, and you know, I, I looked at pearls. I looked at Yamaha. I looked at Tama. I looked at all of them, and I didn't like their colors. I was like, the the purple just doesn't look very good to me. I don't know as if I'm going to go with that. And I found the Mapex one. It was like, oh, 
This is phenomenal. So I bought it. I bought it sheerly on color only, and I've been impressed with the kit ever since because there's a lot more than I was really thinking of it would be. So, right. so yeah. So did you... Um, so it's fun. So when you came back from... And maybe, maybe you said this already, but when you came back from Nashville, got home behind the kit, did you readjust anything in any of the setup? Um, did you take anything away from the... Nope. You just left everything as is? I left everything right the way it was. Um, at one point, the way Jim had his kit set up, the two times over to one side and a ride like just just basically almost straight in front i had it set up like that at one time and you know going from the two top mounted times to my two lower times it just seemed like a a really huge transition a lot of space to cover and some of the stuff you know just that amount of space in there didn't work out really well for me and just the way i the way i play it's always been better yeah, it took me years to get it set up just the way it is now. It's comfortable. It's easy to play for me. You know, so I'm like, well, I don't want to mess that up. You know, if you move anything like an inch on a drum set, it's almost like a mile. You know, most drummers I know, we we don't touch anything. I had to move something a half an inch the other night. I had to redo the whole kit. I'm like, well, I, you know, that, I can understand that. Because, yeah, because you're right. So. You, you know, you're right. Everything is, everything is off or, or, or definitely there's something that's like, yeah, readjusting this or, oh, okay, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Most people wouldn't know. Yep. They wouldn't know it. So now it's very. That's yeah. Right. So, so, so uh, musically. So, what else? Are you, so, you are you still able to? Again, I know we keep going here with the the COVID. And um, you still practicing with the band, or is it kind of uh, here and there? And yep. You got. And is there any been any gigs? You know, I know you said there's only been like really one bar in your your town or area that really has got any live yeah. music going on, but. We are we're actually planning on playing tomorrow night for a little while. Uh, last week was kind of crazy. Of course, we all have different schedules, and you know some of the guys work days. I uh, two of us work overnights. Um, well, the bass player he he does he works on huge air compressors for uh, like like train size air compressors and and generators. So he might get called out and. He's a mechanic and might get called out to a job that's like three hours out in the middle of nowhere. So we don't rush him. Um, but we've been playing on and off a little more regularly, a little more frequently now. Uh, but for the most part, you know, everything's just kind of been quiet. Uh, I know that there are some places that are kind of ignoring what the government's been saying and having outside jam. Outside jams have been going on here. So that's been nice to see things coming back around. That's uh, yeah, I know that's 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 been tight. And like here in Florida, they've you know again a lot of a lot of fans, a lot of performers had to go to uh, become performers in our houses, and because they just had no place, no bars were open, or even the restaurants that at one point for us. And I think that's kind of was like similar as up there in New York is the first you know back we're talking April timeframe, March, April when they really got really locked down there was a lot of yeah. folks that and it's been very tough you know have you ever tried to uh you know talk to a few guys over and some of the podcasts you know here remotely they've all been it's been very difficult to find webcams or uh, audio you know anything yeah. that's related because everyone's going to have been trying to do their tv shows 
you know, even professional yep. people have doing shows at home. You know, you watch anything on the Cooking Channel Network now, uh, the Food Network, and all these folks are like doing low, low, low frills camera crew stuff with a pretty much like an iPhone 11 Pro that's you know shoots amazing you know video, and some you know or even the guys in the you know in the evening shows that's like Jimmy Kimmel's and the Jimmy Fallon's and 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 uh, and, and those guys where they're doing it from home and. And they're probably just shooting it from with, you know, again, like I said, some high-end phone camera, and uh, it's uh, everyone's got to be creative. So everyone who's been doing at-home video uh, shows or performances are pretty much you got these uh, big names stepping into the uh, into the same same arena now, as opposed to being in a studio. So um, yeah, you know, I, I think. I think with the music industry being down the way it is right now, it kind of gives a chance for well, guys like us, you know, let's, well, everybody is doing video now. So that's all we can do. So, and I know there's probably drummers out there, guitarists, bass players, singers, that are just phenomenal that nobody would ever know of, yep. you know, until all this happened. Well, this, we're kind of forced to do this, you know, it's like with me, I, I have a GoPro, but I, I don't like the way it takes video for drumming. It's great for mountain biking because, you know, you see how stupid fast you're going down the side of a hill. But, you know, but as far as drumming, the sound quality's not there. The, the picture's not really, I don't really want to say it's not meant for that, but I don't think it's really meant for that. So yeah. uh, that's more of an action camera. You know, I'm going to go out and climb this mountain, and I want a video, you know, record it. Right. Versus, you know, I can't change the lighting. I can't change the, the focus of it. You know, I can't zoom it in. I can't zoom it out. So I was like, well, this isn't really going to work for what I want to do. You know, so I, I'm, I'm slowly getting things around. I don't want to say I'm behind the game, but I think things with me have just been kind of progressing along at the pace that they're progressing along you know, and I'm fine with it. I'm learning how to wait. I basically, I guess what I'm getting a little patience. Yeah. So, it's definitely, you know. yeah, it's created. It's, you know, I know the cliche now of new normal or whatever, you know, it, it you know, yeah. it's every, <laughs> what's normal. <laughs> yeah. It's everything. Every time there's something, you know, there's a, a reset or a, an opportunity, right. Wherever there's something, you know, I always kind of look at it as whatever it may be, there could be somebody's misery is possibly somebody's gain. And I'm not saying that in a nefarious kind of way, but a, it's just a fact of life, you know, you know, whether it's, whether it's life, there's death or whether it's this or that, there's always something, you know, to, to benefit from if, if the opportunity, if you strike while the opportunity's there and, and you, you see it and you go for yep. it. And I think that's a, yep. a lot that's been going on too. Is, and so forth. And that's kind of one of the things is, uh, with the podcast is, left Nashville, got the kick in the pants motivation to start doing it and yep. kind of toyed around with it for a while. I know it's not necessarily me playing drums, you know, what I went to the dojo for, uh, but, you know, again, it kind of still gives a, a open up to the other audience too. And, and again, led into uh, making connections, you know, and again, yep. whether it's uh, been still staying in contact with Shane or uh, with Ryan or, you know, with, with with, uh, Eric and then some of the other folks as well too through this whole podcasting just connecting with other folks and um, like last yeah. the previous podcast uh, was able to get connected from an, an, another podcast with uh, you know last podcast was was with Juan Mendoza and uh, 
and uh, you know, I've told a buddy of mine this, you know, who we also early on would say, "Hey, do you know this guy, Juan Mendoza?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah, you know, you know drummer, um, the, the drum off winner from 2012, and you know, super awesome guy." And he's he's also you know a lot of folks now that are because they don't have people coming to them doing lessons or. They're all doing it online now, and uh, same thing. Everyone's learning their game, picking up their audiovisual, you know, skill sets, and and so yeah. forth. But so, um, so yeah. So, what is your uh, your uh, again? I see you got your your Anthrax shirt there. So again, is some of your uh, your so what's what's your favorite or what what's one of your best shows, memorable shows, or or would you, you know, let's say, what was your probably your best concert? What was probably the one that you were most disappointed about that you were really excited to kind of go see? And then um, uh, something, and then I guess whatever, you, something that probably would have been uh, any any concert story that you would like, people would be like, holy shit, that's uh, that's pretty wild. So, I'd right, say three three. probably... <laughs> Some of the best concerts I've been, I, I, I can, I can hands down say Judas Priest was probably one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Um, uh, Megadeth was pretty good. I saw them. Anthrax was really good. I saw them March of 2018 before everything changed. Um, one of my favorite bands in concert was Clutch. They were phenomenal. Um, Primus was really good live. I really, really enjoyed that show. Uh, see, I went and saw Tesla back in high school when they were out, and it was they were big with their uh, their one album. I can't think of the great radio controversy. Oh, right. the album. So they yeah. toured, and they were in Binghamton, which is like an hour and a half away from me. And they were so drunk. I don't know how they put the show on. But they were a disappointment. It was just like, wow, these guys are really disappointing. I expected more from them. Um, one of the best bands I ever saw, which blew my mind, which I didn't think was going to be a big deal, like, was Warren. Um, I saw them back when they were really big. They were with Firehouse and Trickster, and Firehouse didn't show up. So they said, we're going to put a show on. And if you want your money back, we'll, we'll gladly refund you all your money, but we guarantee we'll, we'll put on the best show that you've ever seen. And they were phenomenal. And I was like, wow, these, these guys actually came through. I, was, I didn't want to go to the concert, which was the big thing. I'm like, I don't really want to go. I think I, think I was wearing an Anthrax shirt at that, too, speaking of. Not the same one, right? No, no, this <laughs> one's uh, newer. <laughs> but... Um, I saw Anthrax. They were phenomenal live. They were with uh, Killswitch Engage and Havoc opened up for all of them, and they were all really good. They were, it was just it was crazy loud. I was like, oh, my gosh, my ears are going to be ringing for a month. Okay. Yeah, my daughters. Yeah, my daughter said she went and saw a BTS, uh, a K-pop band. She said it was... It was a rave. Basically a rave in that life. You could see the fireworks and the show, like all the lights from an airplane. Oh, wow. Cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She's turning her into a little bit of... We, I remember we took her... Another one I was kind of surprised with uh, when my daughter... Oh, when was it? 
she was turning 14, I think. We took her to see Fallout Boy, and they were really good. I was like, wow, these guys are really good. I'm impressed. Um, not necessarily my favorite kind of music. I do listen to them now. Cause I, mean, I think once you see a band live and they, they make an impression on you, you, you tend to listen to them a little bit more. So there's a lot of groups. Uh, I'm trying to think. I saw Mudvayne when they were out. That was a good show. Static X was awesome. Uh, Rascal Flats was actually pretty good. It's not my kind of thing, but I enjoyed it. The music was good. You know, so uh, that one that one really surprised me uh, was the Rascal Flats one because I was like, I don't really, it's not my kind of music. Where were you at um, as far as your, your seats or where were you watching the show from? that rascal flats show uh rascal flats i got a pit pass so i was right right next to the stage it was right there like i could have thrown a, a popcorn kernel and hit jim you know <laughs> so with you everybody was just that close so it was pretty cool um i was looking forward to their tour because i knew that they had another dairy lake date on there i'm like oh i'll go see that again you know just because it was just great the, the, the crowd was great um, you know, and the funny thing is, when I saw Rascal Flats at Darien Lake, two weeks prior, I saw Slipknot at Darien Lake. So it was like going from the Slipknot crowd to the Rascal Flats crowd was like, wow, it's just like totally different worlds, you know, different, different kinds of people, the crowd itself, the reactions, you know. So I got to see both sides, but energy was good, you know, I'm just like, these people are having a blast, the guys on stage are having a blast. You know, and you can tell when you, you go watch a band and they're having an off night, you can tell the crowd knows, you know, but you go watch a band that's just on top of their game like that. It's just, it's amazing to watch. It just always blows my mind. I'm like, wow, you know, I want to do that. That's what I, I, I think, yeah, I think when you, when you're, when you're in that, um, you're close, you know, you have, again, <laughs> it costs, it's, it costs a little bit more money, but when you have yeah pretty good seats, it's a different experience. And um, as opposed to, yeah. you know, again, here we've got an amphitheater and that's where we, Rascal Flats is supposed to, I think they were supposed to end the tour here in West Palm. Um, mm-hmm. And I was really looking forward to seeing them again, seeing their last show, or last, you know, last tour, you know, you know, trying to, you know, maybe hook up with Jim, you know, interview him then. Um, now that's, that's all changed. That's how, uh, well, him and I had been talking on and off about the dojo, about, you know, just drumming in general. And he invites, like, why don't you come up to the show? I'm like, I don't know. I was working day shifts then. So I had gotten up at 4.30 in the morning that day, went and did work, zipped home real quick, changed my clothes, back in the car, and on my way to Darien Lake, which is, uh, you know, like an hour and a half from here. You know, once you get out off the off the main interstate, it's all two lanes. It's all up and hill and downhill. And so I got there, you know, right right in time. You know, had uh, he had tickets held for me, so we got to go. I got to go backstage. We got to tour all of backstage. Oh, I wow. got to see. Uh, I got to see. You know, the backstage Rascal Flatts acoustical set. You know, the only VIPs get. It's basically like a VIP package. You know, and I was just I was just blown away by the generosity. You know, I was just like, wow, this, this is phenomenal. I, I'm so glad I got invited this. I'm so glad I did it. You know, you, you tend to think that, you know, some people put other people on a pedestal and, and you know, they're untouchable. But you, you've got to see what they're doing. You've got to see 
all the equipment you got to see the the backstage production it was just it was phenomenal and i'm like I, I, that that in and of itself was probably one of the best things that i've ever experienced so you know and jim was just it was funny because i just i re got jim out of a crowd of people i'm like oh that's the guy you know so i actually at that point we had met and you know it was, it was pretty it was pretty cool it was an amazing time you know definitely good memories there so i gotta check on the time too because yeah, we're about almost yeah, I, 20 20 of so yeah. so yeah it's a yeah yes, unfortunately i'm gonna have to <laughs> call, call it call it, yeah. call it a show <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to i gotta I still have to go home and eat dinner and all that. Or actually, yeah. I call it breakfast at this point in the day. I'm going to have breakfast and drive off to work and deal with those people there, which are sometimes not all that interesting. Yeah. All right, yeah. Well, no. yeah. I appreciate. So thanks I appreciate. for having me, man. Yeah, you got it. It's a, so you got you got anything to plug, uh, Scott? You know, the band or anything? Uh... Um, I don't have much, but the band that I play with, I've been we've been in been going for a few years we had a we had a, a hiatus i'd say we kind of had a little bit of a i had a little temper tantrum and whatnot and that was a product of other outside extenuating circumstances which are no longer there but uh, i do play for orange barrel acid the name of the band i'm in um it's funny like a lot of the guys uh the bass player i've known since i was a teenager the the one guitarist I've known since I was about 14. We've all been good, good friends. Um, you know, since moving the garage, the kid up to the garage on the hill, you know, I've been able to get together with them a few times. You know, it's like, look, I don't have these restrictions anymore. So let's, let's do something. So we might be recording. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but as far as gigging is concerned, I don't know if that's going to happen, but you know, I don't know if we have much on YouTube, but I I think there's some stuff. It's going to be probably eight or nine years old if it's up there. But so yeah, orange we have barrel orange barrel acid. Yes, I don't know. We're not we're not not a hippie band, so <laughs> but it just it just we got it out of the bass player got got the idea for the name out of a Hot Rod magazine article of uh, something that's talking about and and this will. This will peel the paint like orange barrel acid. He's like, you know, of course we all know what orange barrel acid really is, but you know, none of us are into that kind of thing. So it's just, uh, it was an interesting name, and it, it stuck out there, and it all stuck with us. I mean, we threw names around for weeks on end, and nothing was like, ah, nothing sounds good. So, but that's it, and that's that's where it is. So we have fun. You know, that's that's the main key is we we still have fun. We enjoy it. You know, there's no pressure of the gigs. There's no pressure of how much are we going to get paid for this. There's no right. much. There's none of that right now. So basically, it's just going back through our old stuff. And, you know, some of it we are kind of rewriting. Some of it, uh, you know, it's just like riding a bike. It just We just fall right back into it. It's been great. So, yeah, and I, I love it. Those guys are all my brothers, you know, like some of the best people I know. So, and we're still playing, so that's a good thing. Hey, no, that's it, man. That, that, I know, I know, things are crazy out there. You know, our all of our schedules and all of our, you know, brews and routines are totally off. You know, and you know, I think if you, as long as you try to get back to some little bit of normalcy to help you get through all this, and, and I'm, you know, 
playing the drums, getting back to the you know sh shed and, and so forth. And uh, you know, I'm glad to hear you're, yeah. you know, you're doing okay. You know, staying safe uh, during the uh, this pandemic. And uh, you know, yeah, so. it was, it was, I got a kick out of it because they're like, "Well, you gotta you gotta distance yourself. You know, stay inside." But I'm like, "Well, I don't really have to change my lifestyle all that much." <laughs> So I, I don't, I don't go, I, I, you know, I go out once in a great while, once in a great while. I haven't been out to a bar and well, because of all this too, but you know, it's been over a year. I just, I, it's not really my thing. I mean, I, I like going and playing at bars, right. but then again, you got to kind of, got to be able to do that. This too, is where so. in, the introverts are rejoicing right now. This is their time. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yes. Everybody unite separately. <laughs> So, so, all right, all right yeah, Scott, have to, I've got to run. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Have a great night. I'll catch you. Uh, catch you later, yeah. man. Stay in touch. Yeah, I'll be around. Hopefully, be throwing some videos up there sooner or later. Next couple of weeks for sure. Once I get things settled and squared away and figured out, because awesome. sometimes technology kicks my butt. Because uh, you know, I don't keep up on it. But anyway, <laughs> right, man. So it's been great. Uh, take care of yourself, Paul. See you, Scott. See you. Bye. Yep. Bye. It was great catching up with Scott and talking about our experiences of the Drum Dojo, country music, and Nashville. Check out his drum videos over on his Facebook page. If you like what we're doing here at Drums and Rums, we have a Patreon link to help with setting up interviews and creating content that you find entertaining and interesting. Also, if you'd like to sponsor, advertise on the podcast, or if you want to come on as a guest to promote something related to the show, email me at info at drumsandrums.com Lastly, please leave a rating or review over on iTunes or on your favorite podcast location to let me know you like the podcast and then it also lets others know it's a podcast that they should listen to. Thanks again for her listening where the backbeats meets the spirits.